everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a dog for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Yeah, hey, Douglas and David, i got to say, I was interviewed on NPR by Scott Simon, another hero, but you guys are my new heroes, and I easily include you into the Scott Simon milieu of brilliant guys on radio. Oh, man, wow, so. thank you. How about that? This is Douglas Viviani with the conversationalist extraordinaire, David Cohen. Yes, hi Douglas. How are you? <laughs> Doing very well. That is uh, Peter Weller, a frequent guest and regular friend of. Uh, uh, well, let's put it this way: if everything old is new again, I really would say that. But all of us individually, David Cohen, Douglas Viviani, on uh, you know on the radio here with uh, RoboCop himself. There, he's from Hell on Wheels twenty four. He did uh, Star Trek Discovery and more. He's now directing Hawaii Five O, and and uh, I don't know. I think it was um, something we're using here to highlight and to brag about to our guest, our special guest this week. We don't necessarily specialize in guests' interviews, but this year we've had quite a number, uh, and I hope you're enjoying it, but we're doing interviews this show with a few celebrities that are up and over the top, and today we have a guest that I think Will you tell me, well, let's go, let me just play another clip, and this will give us a little bit of an introduction, if you can guess the voices. A friend of Peter Weller, so therefore a friend of ours in some way through Buckaroo Banzai. Hey, Buckaroo, how's the patient? Oh, fine, he's doing fine, thanks to you, but more importantly, congratulations. You drove through a mountain. I did. You drove right through a mountain the other day. You did it right after you left me with the operation. You hadn't even said anything about it. Didn't even mention you were going to do Sydney, it. Sydney, these are my friends. This is my colleague, Dr. Sidney Zweibel, old medical friend from Columbia PNS. Howdy. Howdy there. Listen, Sydney, I'm glad you could make it because it looks like we may need an extra hand sooner than I thought. Aha, uh-huh, I see an extra hand. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. I mean, I got your message about rendezvousing at this address. Barely had time to pack my saddlebags. Then I came here and I, I mean, could see that. Uh, well, I'm going to snoop around, make yourself at home. Ah, uh, we would love for this special guest to make himself at home here. I think that he was tremendous in that movie, tremendous in all of what he's done since then till now. We're very excited, uh, and I'm telling you, I just thought he was really tremendous in uh, in that, that premiere there of Buckaroo Bond's Eye and up to uh, Jurassic Park. You think so? Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Oh, well, you know, I, <laughs> David Cole, what do you have to say? You want to say something? Oh, to- I don't know whether you're going to announce what we have here, Doug, <laughs> so I might as well step in and do it myself. But uh, with us on the show today is none other, one of my personal favorite actors, Jeff Goldblum. I'm really excited about How about, about that? And before we get to Jeff, I want to play one more clip of yeah. Peter Weller on Everything Old is New Again to show off. That's why I'm doing your show, because when I saw the title of it, I said, oh, this is this is a platform, man. So. Oh, I love it. That's, ter- that's tremendous. I appreciate that. And with Dr. Weller, the idea, uh, maybe you can explain uh, on the air here what you think of, of the show or at least the concept of our show. Well, the, the attraction to do the show was... The, the, the context of realizing your past and your history and not just sort of honoring it like doing a Fred Astaire memorial, but to contextualize the past subsequently so that we don't make the same mistakes or that we have a guidepost. You know, all the things I've been talking about is it doesn't matter whether it's myths or whether it's history. Those things fascinate me because my Ph.D. is in Renaissance 
about Italian art history and how to look at paintings and the way, for instance, just for what I teach kids, it's like the way you're going to look at this painting here is exactly the way they looked at it back then and the way you look at a movie now. You know, so all that stuff that, that stuff that we talk about what's entertaining in movies is the same thing that entertained people in the past about art. And so everything is old, everything, everything is old is new again. It's history, man. It's a, you know, it's, Hang uh, on, Jeff, we'll be with you just one second. Finish this clip. Uh, yeah, and it's, even though it's pop culture history, you know, pop culture it, back in the day, I uh, guess what? The Renaissance art was the pop culture of the day. So uh, let's yeah, not you uh, put see that, that. Like, Yeah, but you know, wow, you know what? Everything in its day is pop culture. And I'm so happy to have had you. I wonder, maybe we'll have you back. We'll put you on the spot at this point if you're welcome to. Anytime you like. No, no David Cohen, uh, Douglas Viviani, you guys are my new heroes. So I'll come back whenever you want. How about that? Uh, Jeff Goldblum, I just wanted to, you know, play a little piece of uh, our show here, show off again. And uh, I don't know if you have an interest in, you know, in, in art and we talk all kinds of things here. But yes, I suppose. I Well, you know, I have an interest in... Uh, many things. Oh, good. So he's got an interest in many things, David Cohen. What do you think? Yeah, and Jeff, you know, it, P- uh, Peter mentions you quite often as, as being a good friend, which is what led to uh, us having you on the show. So we're really excited about it. And, um, you know, Doug, there, there were just so many movies that, that Jeff was in that uh, are so memorable to me. Going back, back a, a long time, I mean, I remember seeing uh, Jurassic Park, which you were in, Jeff, as I'm sure. I'm sure you know, but seeing it in in a theater in New York City uh, in this old old theater that uh, the Zigfield uh, and it, it was in surround sound and and I I'll never forget hearing that first footstep of that dinosaur, you know when it hit the ground and you saw the the water glass on the windshield of the car rattle, you know you saw the water jiggle and and hearing that footstep in surround sound and you just jumped out of your chair because it was so frightening and so unexpected. Do you remember that, Doug? I mean, yeah, it? it was like a kid's movie, but it was also a frightening movie, you know? Was- One is inconsistent with the other. Yes, exactly. To have a kid's movie, so to speak, and this frightening business, you really uh, you really played it off. I have to tell you, I was very excited about that, but just going back to Peter Weddle just for a moment, because I know he's a good friend of yours. Uh, we had him on the show, and, and David was talking about sci-fi movies. I know you're a big fan of sci-fi. Let's just hear a little something about uh, a little conversation we had with your buddy uh, uh, Peter Weller with, uh, you know, talking about sci-fi. Let's see. What's the best sci-fi we'll movie you've ever seen? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, Me, it's... Uh, I just remember as a kid seeing it and still hits me today when I see it on TV was Close Encounters. I don't know. Wow. There's something about it that really just blew me wow. away. Maybe it was because the special effects at the time, you know, hadn't really been done like that before. Um, and, and the age I was when I saw it. But it, it always left a real impression on me. How about that? Um, wow. What about, what about you, Doug? I, I, I go with uh, Forbidden Planet only because it had all the elements, and there was a little mystery there, and uh, uh, certainly it had the titillation of the short skirts. It had all the gadgets, as you say, but it also had uh, what's this all about? The Again, I saw it as a kid. What's the id? What's the ego? What's the superego? So it sort of got me involved with, you know what? There is more to this story than just the ray guns and what's going on here. And it, it, This monster was created by the inner person and what is and it just left me with questions of as a younger person what is the id the, you know the ego and, and it started me on an exploration that there can be more to a movie or any kind of entertainment than just the gadgets you know that started me down to the idea that watching a movie for just what's on the screen and what's happening beyond uh, is 
you know, that there could be a meaning to this movie it had significance to me. Well, sense. you know, that is the um, distinction between you and me, Douglas. You remember the, um, the Aesop's fable morality out of this thing of making up your own monsters. All I remember is Anne Francis naked. <laughs> so. Yeah, see, Doug, you're trying, you're trying to be so... Uh, Jeff, I mean, you tell me you know Peter um, better than we do, but... You know, Doug, you're trying to be like so intellectually on his level there. You know, oh, the end of the uh, I see more into the movie than just the gimmicks. And he basically said, no, he liked to see, you know. I, that's that's what's good comedy. He's he went right along with us, right, Jeff? I mean, that's the whole thought of it. Uh, I don't know, but it, I, you know, I I talked about Close Encounters, and I know, and I know he kind of hit the hit the ground with a thud, but uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't disagree with me, and I think he disagreed with you actually. Well, Jeff, what do you think about the, either of those? Yes, I know, I know, I know, and I like them all. Oh, you like you, you like all of what we talk about? Okay. Well, that's that's a fair. That's a fair. It's a fair comment. Um, it's a very uh, right down the middle, though, isn't it? But so, let's. But you know, you know, it was another great movie that just stayed with me, Jeff. That that you did was the the remake of The Fly, staying on the science fiction uh, theme that we're on now. Um, just, uh, just, I'll never forget the transformation, however they did it, of you becoming a fly. It just to this day, just stays with me, right, Doug? I yeah, mean, and when what? he's looking at that mirror, and do you remember this scene, and, the, and all of a sudden the teeth, he's pulling his teeth out, you know, little by little, and then uh, then then his girlfriend comes over, and uh, what's, what was it? What was, be scared, be very scared. Right, be afraid, be very, uh, yeah, be, be afraid. Yeah, be afraid. And he was, you know, and remember David Hennessy in the, the first fly? I mean, that was... I don't know if you're familiar with that. I mean, it was really uh, a fun look at this, but that was really scary. Yeah, Jeff, you must have, you must have had some, uh, you know, I'm sure you saw the first fly and, and maybe based your preparation and right. on that and maybe wanted to change things up. But I thought uh, the, the second fly was just so much better and so much more engaging. What do you think? Do you think any of us know any of this, Jeff? But no. I don't think, and no one's ever convinced me that anybody knows anything. I no. certainly know nothing, but right. I, I don't think there's any such thing. Oh, uh, oh, there's, oh, well, so, so we don't, Dave and I are, okay. Well, listen, we've had a great time hosting and being with Peter Weller's friend and a gentleman that uh, is now, we're going to say, a friend of our show. Jeff Goldblum, thank you so much. We wish you all the best with uh, Life According to Jeff Goldblum, the new TV show. And uh, uh, thank you. We'll be back right after this and <clears throat> everything goes new again. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Please, a great big American welcome for Ring Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with David Cohen. That is a little intro. Back from 1984, Ringo Starr joined the Beach Boys on stage. And I thought that was a very interesting juxtaposition and crossover between the Beach Boys and uh, and Ringo Starr. And we're excited. I mean, beyond excited, David Cohen. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
We've got a big one today, Doug. This is a guest of guests. We have tried the world over. In fact, I know David Cohen met this gentleman once or was supposed to meet that gentleman once. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get to that in a yes. minute. But yeah. and, uh, so, but we want to say Ringo Starr, welcome. Uh, usually we do a huge introduction, right? Wouldn't we just list like all of his achievements? How we do that with all the people? And- yeah, we go on and on and on. But there, there's it, Ringo doesn't need an introduction. Right. I can't believe he's he's here with us. Right. Ringo, welcome. Uh, of course, you know I'm sure you've heard this all your life, but Doug and I are huge fans of of the Beatles and of and of you in particular. And um, also happy 80th birthday, Doug. I don't know if you saw the YouTube uh, presentation of Ringo's birthday, which was great. Uh, we saw all kinds of celebrities on it. We saw Ringo playing. Uh, did you catch that? I one, saw Doug? that. Peter Frampton did a great version. I don't know if you oh, remember seeing that. Yeah, I and, do. And uh, I mean, this this was this was nice because it was during the pandemic, and meanwhile, uh, there's nothing really new coming out. And all of a sudden, there was Ringo's 80th. I mean, eight. Think about it. the man looks like he's Ringo. You look like you're. I don't know. Let's say forty-two, maybe forty-five tops. You're thin. You you're in good play. shape. You obviously, you obviously could still play like you played fifty years ago. That's. I mean, that's an, another amazing thing, right? And Doug, we were at, at Ringo. I don't mean to insult insult you, but before we had you on, uh, Doug was trying to get, believe it or not, your Beatles predecessor. Pete Best on the show. Doug, tell, tell Ringo what happened. Yeah, you know, we got burned by the pandemic because we had Pete Best lined up. He's going to do an American tour with a band, and he uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what he what he performs, but, I, you know, he was going to be with his band and, and in America, and he was happy to come on Everything Old is New Again. We were going to interview him for the entire hour. We're, of course, we're going to ask for dirt. Um, and this would be, of course, before you join the band, so it would be in stories that you wouldn't be able to tell us about, because we'll get to the stories of course from your time with the Beatles there's no doubt about that in a few minutes but I just wanted to talk about us for a moment and how we were so excited to get Pete Best on the show who was a Beatle before you but think of like we were over the top for that think about how we must feel now that we legitimately forget with all due respect Pete Best because the pandemic happened and he is not touring America at this point we may get him back in the future I don't know they're not returning it's funny his brother did you know this David Pete Best's brother is his manager yeah and they're in England so I send I send notes to him all the time and I'm having a blast going back and forth and all of a sudden the pandemic happens I can't hear from him anymore Doak I think is his name Hopefully he's okay. But the, but the other sorry thing now in retrospect that, that we were doing, Doug, is we were trying to get both Ringo, you and Pete Best on at the same time, which in retrospect is insulting to you. But, but I mean, it would have made for a good show. I don't think you guys ever appeared together. Doug, have you ever heard Ringo and, and Pete Best together being interviewed anywhere? No, I haven't. We've, we tried to do that with Starsky and Hutch. Remember that show? We had uh, Paul Michael Glazer on and David So on separate shows. I tried to get together on the, you know, the radio together in one interview, and sometimes it's difficult to coordinate schedules like that. One was in England and one was in America. Now, I know, Ringo, you're in America, but again, same kind of thing, Pete Best is in England. So it would be kind of hard, but it would be an interesting turn of events, I would think. No, Dave? I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I would imagine that, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys were ever interviewed together, but it would be interesting to hear uh, both both takes on it. But I got to tell you, uh, Doug, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think if if I was 
Ringo way back then and, and taking over for Pete Best in a group that was very popular, of course, before they, they made it really big. But it would have been difficult to step into those shoes and just take over, um, you know, sort of like if I were to follow you, Doug, if you were ever to retire from doing this show and suddenly I stepped up and became, you know, the Ringo star of our show. Uh, I think it would I'd be very intimidated by that. Don't you agree? And it would be hard for you to do like I do the Watson and you do Sherlock Holmes and uh, I do you know, Pumpkinhead, Jack Pumpkinhead, and, and these are the voices of characters. And David, of course, you you do Balzic, and you know, it'd be and of course, Barbecue Guy and Fondue Guy. It'd be hard for you to continue performing those characters either alone with, with somebody else, you know. And right. it's sort of I like, re- yeah. No, I was going to say Ringo. Just for your frame of reference, Doug and I do these do these characters. All these this whole cast of characters we have. We do Sherlock Holmes and Watson. He does Holmes. I'll do. I'll do Holmes. He'll do Watson, um, and, and or characters that that we've created on the show. Uh, so I don't know if you've gone back and listened to any of our previous episodes. There, there are literally hundreds of them, and something good uh, we think to do during the pandemic, uh, as opposed to you know watching TV and catching up on TV shows, right. listening to our shows. I think. Uh, could be very, very entertaining. Right, I mean, Rico, you know if you're I mean? looking for it, I just want to interrupt for just a yeah. little commercial here. If you're going to look for it, you go to our website, Ringo Got a Pen, everything old is new again dot biz. That's everything old is new again dot biz. And if you'd like, you can go to the YouTube channel, and the YouTube channel is everything old is new again, but you got to put radio show in because it's a very old saying. And uh, trademark wise, other people could use that for other things. They can't use it for a radio show, but they could use it for some other format. So, so when you go to YouTube, everything old is new again radio show, you'll see about 350 episodes. In fact, one of those episodes we spoke about you touring in the summer so let's go back and let's look at us talking about Ringo on everything I'll do again then we'll get to you Ringo in just a minute I think of course Ringo is one to see if you can see but you're bearing in mind which I think is very creative for him brings in performers from other bands Farner and and Todd Rundgren and you know different performers Mick Jones and that are in his band uh, Frampton has been in this band. There's lots of different parties that have been that have four or five hits, and they'll play two or three of those. So, you, and it's a great band. So you inter, intersect with a lot of different bands at once, and still seeing you know sort of history. And Ringo is 74 now, I think, or 72. That old, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and still on tour. So I think that, that's that's a no-brainer. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is it, Ringo. This is our show that, you know, you have even 50 years later are affecting radio in America through, of course, the 40 stations that we're on now, or 40, we might be up to 45 at this point. And, you know, we are really enjoying the fact that you uh, still are influencing pop culture to this day and and touring. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, I saw the show last year. You were in Long Island. You went to Bald Hill. Used to be, by the way, oh, David. Oh, right. You... you were telling me. You brought your daughter to that, Doug, right? I brought my daughter and my son, who's a huge Ringo fan. Ah, right. In fact, we have a, I have a buddy of mine who saw Ringo back in the 60s with his dad and got a Ringo button from Shea Stadium, and cool. he literally gave the button to Leo a couple of weeks back. Wow. So Leo's all hopped wow. up to have this button from the 60s that says Ringo on it. You've seen that one with the different colors. and the yes, you know. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, he was totally psyched to get that. That was amazing. And so the point being is, like, you know, 50 years later, you're still 
going strong. We saw you at Bald Hill. By the way, they turned into, I don't know if you're familiar with this, David, on Long Island, there was only one ski resort, and that was it. It was called Bald Hill. It didn't have a lot of moguls, if you know, skiing, whatever, mountains, these little rocks that turn into moguls and the little bumps in the road, so to speak, as you go. And so they turned that mountain into, at the bottom of the valley, they put in a stage, and it's now a outside performing arena. And that's where Ringo was last year. It was amazing. Great show. In fact, Leo went up to this way up to the stage. He goes, I want to say hi to Ringo. And I said, he's performing. He went right up to the stage. He's only, the kid's eight years old. He's a big fan. He waves to Ringo and he swears that Ringo, you, the gentleman on the phone right now, Ringo, I can't believe this, actually winked at Leo. An eight-year-old that's on the amazing. stage. That, yeah. that's a, and, you know, Ringo, I got to say, that, that that's so something you would do, uh, just from what I've read about uh, about you and the interaction that you've had with your many, many loyal fans over the years. But I do, Doug, if we have time, I just have a quick story I yes. wanted to ask. Yes, we got a minute uh, and a half, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so years ago, Ringo, um, there was a parent uh, at my son's school. It was an auction. This parent owned an art gallery down in Soho, which you had displayed some of your computer-based uh, artwork. And uh, I had won the auction. Uh, and the winner was to uh, go to the preview, the gallery opening, in which you were there, uh, and to actually come up and, and meet and greet you. So I don't know if you remember, Ringo, but uh, uh, I was there, and I saw you walk into the gallery. It was extremely crowded, very crowded. Um, I tried to get your attention a few times, but you know you were there with uh, you know with your wife and, and and an entourage, and you were sort of moving around the gallery in a little. It was almost like remember Electric Football, Doug? Remember how the players <laughs> used to move all at once, you know, all in, in a cluster? And that Ringo, that's how you were kind of moving around the gallery. So I never actually had a chance to go up to you and, and meet you in person. So let me just say right now for the record, Doug, that, you know, it, it's just been such a pleasure talking with you, at least over the over the Internet right now. Yeah. Um, gracious, gracious man. Format. Let's just play yeah. one clip real quick, quick of us talking about, you know, the, the our favorite bands of all time. I can't remember the clip, but I'm sure we spoke about Ringo well, here that's somewhere. that's a drum. Yeah. I need drums. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Charlie Watts of the Stones. Okay, Charlie Watts. I'm going there. with Mick Fleetwood. I think he's he's still got. Uh, so if we didn't pick no one. Pick Ringo. Yeah, Ringo's there, That's but I'm not bad. taking him. Oh, I think I. You know, that might I be a mistake. Really, you know, Doug, you're playing that, and Ringo it's a just, mistake. just. Yeah. Let me explain. We were. It was a joke, right, Doug? It was. It was all a setup. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, to, when you came on the show, oh, I, just just to you know the the running joke about how no one remembers Ringo or he's always the forgotten Beatle that sort of thing. So it was just an inside joke. Oh, I, I think uh, I think we may have lost them. All right, well, we'll, we'll be back. Right at this, everything old, new again. Ringo <laughs> Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Say, I have to say, because look, in all the work I've done with them, and I've heard from other people who've worked with them, but I do think that there is a truth in the following. I don't think he has a lot of patience with people who he thinks waste, waste his time. Right. In other words, I, I don't think he, quote unquote, suffers fools well. He's very, very funny. Um, he's, I mean, very quick witted, but I, uh, but I do think that he 
I'm sure he can be difficult in some circumstances. I, I also think he's slightly defensive about that reputation because he doesn't understand it. But I do think that he really has a tremendous thirst for knowledge and he loves to be engaged and he wants to be challenged. He, he's a kind of a renaissance kind of a guy. I bet you he even would like radio and maybe even being on a radio show once in a while. Oh, no, no, no. He would absolutely do it. Oh, welcome back to Everything Old is New again. This is Douglas Viviani with David Cohen. And that was us interviewing Kevin Burns, creator of the Oak Island Show, The Ancient Aliens, and Unexplained with William Shatner. And he's been on the show a number of times. And I play that because we mentioned in there, we sandwiched into that interview, we tried to get him, who's now a close friend of one of our heroes, William Shatner, to return a phone call and come on Everything Old is New again. And so while it won't be for the entire hour, which is what we usually do, we have the opportunity to interview and discuss whatever is on our mind without limitation, the past, the present, the future, with William Shatner. Now, William Shatner, if you could do us a favor before we get started here, if you could just do like an intro, like I'm William Shatner and something you want to say uh, that will engage our audience, we could play that at the beginning of our show or interstitials here and there. So I'll let you uh, start off right here, right now, just for a moment. Oh, hi. I'm William Shatner. Listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear. All right. I think that will work beautifully. Thank you so much. We can start thinking. David Cohen, how excited are you to have William oh, Shatner on the very, show? Yeah, it's such a, an honor to have you on the show. And I can speak for Doug when, when I say that uh, we're just huge fans of, of everything you've done your entire career. So welcome. And uh, yeah, let, let's get started, Doug. Yeah, I do want to get started. Before we do, I want to just play something from Everything Old is New Again. Because, Mr. Shatner, we do a Star Trek reference, or we try at least, every single show. We've done 350-something shows at this point. By the way, you can catch them all on uh, on the internet if you feel like it. Everything old is new again. Biz. Everything old is new again. Biz. And uh, Mr. Shannon, you know our email address. I know that like, you've communicated with us. The email address, in case somebody's looking for that, is old new again at aol.com. Old new again at aol.com. Let us know how you feel, what's going on. And if you have a question for William Shannon, you can send that as well. I mean, what the heck? Why not, right? But let's take a look at uh, my theory. Remember this one? A little ways back, we were talking about The Walking Dead. My theory is that William Shatner is and will always be the father of the zombie genre. And let's just dig into this. And Mr. Shatner, when we get out of this, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Drink I blame William Shatner for all of this. This is Shatner's fault, and I'm going to tell you why. I, I don't fault. go for this at all, but it's Shatner's fault because in that episode of Nick of Time, uh, in Twilight Zone, as well as 1963, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, where we saw the, the gremlin on the wing of the plane, was so success successful that the writer of those episodes wrote another 13 episodes for the Twilight Zone, and his name was Richard Matheson. Let's just hear a little something about an intro to that. Probably run across these penny machines that tell your fortune. You put a penny in, and out comes a card. Only this particular machine is a little bit unique in that the fortunes that it tells happen to come true. A most intriguing tale called The Nick of Time by Mr. Richard Matheson. That's my exhibit, too. Richard Matheson uh, was a writer that wrote a novel in 1954 called I Am Legend. And... It wasn't produced. It, there was no movie was made of it. It went nowhere until Shatner and Twilight Zone made his work come alive in such a way that Hollywood, in this case actually it was the Hollywood of, of Italy, made a movie called, are you ready? The Last Man on Earth. Will the unbelievable become real? A world of inanimate zombies by day? 
irresistible, horrifying attackers by night, can a zombie woman's hunger for love repopulate the earth? That movie was made in 1964, right after the two episodes I talked about of The Twilight Zone, because, again, Richard Matheson wrote them and William Shatner performed in those prior episodes. So that, those, that's my case, that without Shatner, the, that movie would not have been made. If that movie would not have been made, Night of the Living Dead would not have been made, and there's a clear connection between those two movies, and George Romero talks about that. Bottom line, without Night of the Living Dead, there's no Walking Dead. Case closed. Yes or no? Could have been anyone other than William Shatner acting there. Why did it have to be William Sh It could have been any actor. But he, of course, but the fact is that he was the one. His performance in The Twilight Zone well, the made writing. those episodes yeah, it, was the epi it was the writing of the episode. It was, it, it could have, See, you, you could have you put have, anybody in that role. disdain for the zombies and the zombie culture <laughs> comes out through this whole show. Why do you hate zombies There's so no, much? Let me hear it. No, the, I... <laughs> First of all, it's not disdain towards zombies. It's disdain towards this ridiculous argument you're making that William Shatner is the father of zombies. I'm not making it. I have proven it. Now I'm moving on because that argument is case. If I had a gavel, I would hit it right now. Uh, Mr. Shatner, what are your reaction to that? Then we'll get on with this. Here. I blame William Shatner for oh, that, all of that, this. That was my fault. Uh, Mr. Shatner, what do you, what do you feel about this? <laughs> I'm delighted to be part of the future. <laughs> See, now that's, I'm glad you're, you're starting off with a laugh here. That's good. My thought is, David Cohen, do you want to take back your argument against my argument that William Shatner is and was and will always be the father of zombies? No, I'm not going to take it back because it, it's a silly argument. Like I said before, and I'll stand by it again, it was about the writing. Any good actor, you would have coined the father of zombies if it wasn't if it wasn't for for William Shatner and Mr. Shatner, no, no disrespect. But I, I think that it wasn't Shatner himself that created or perpetuated the whole, you know, zombie genre. So, no, I still stand by that. But if, yeah. with that said, I remember remember, Doug, did you, did you ever see Judgment in Nuremberg? I did. Uh, young William Shatner starting his career with a great performance there. And uh, that was the first time I saw him. And, you know, from there, Star Trek on, I, I've just been amazed with uh, with his body. Well, I wonder what he learned from Spencer Tracy or Gregory Peck, who were in that movie with so many stars in right. that movie that was surrounded him. It's right, William Holden. I mean, I wonder, did he, and no, I'm sorry, it was William, Richard, Whit, Richard, hello, I can't pronounce Richard Widmark, not William Holden. And so the question is, you know, Mr. Shatner, did you learn, do you think you learned anything from that. You know what? Before I get to the question, I mean, how, how could you not? Right. Right. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Definitely. I was going to say because we interviewed back in the past. We interviewed Stanley Kramer's wife and daughter and spoke about this. And they, Cat Kramer is the name. They were very uh, complimentary to Mr. Shatty. You remember that they were talking about him. That's right. They had a lot um, to say. Yeah. Do you remember the Star Trek episode with the Tribbles? That was so much fun. When he opens up like that overhead thing and all the tribbles fall down. I mean, I don't know if that really speaks necessarily to acting skills, but also as a kid, 
it was just like an indelible image of well, the fun. I, and I always thought he was the, the leader of that troupe, you know, that acting troupe. But we interviewed, we had on the show Walter Koenig. And if you remember, and Walter spoke a little bit about Mr. Shannon. So, uh, Mr. Shannon, I'm going to ask you to hold off a moment. Listen to this clip from Everything Old is New Again, interviewing Walter Koenig. And I'd Can like you get to get back to the Tribbles after. Yes, and then I would like to, you yeah, to react okay. to this and the idea that were you the leader of the troupe or not, and how did that reflect upon the scene with the Tribbles? I was glad to finally have an opportunity to to tell him precisely what I thought. You know, we've we've all gotten up at conventions and hinted at. The fact that he wasn't—he um, wasn't one of the guys. He was certainly on a, He held himself uh, differently and uh, didn't communicate. Yeah, so don't know. I, I was glad I did that. Uh, it ended up when we ended, and it was the proverbial—you uh, know—gesture where I put out my. It was sort of like putting out my hand to shake hands, and he turning his back and walking away. <laughs> so uh, we, we we did we did end on that on that note. So he did. You're saying you ended on the note of him walking away without shaking your hand at the end of that episode at the end of the raw nerve so yeah so uh-huh. i think all, all that con- contrition that you saw and i don't know how you know when i when i told him that he wasn't that he was the captain of our crew but he wasn't he wasn't the leader of of the cast right so i don't know why I, I i don't know why i did that i mean it's true i did i don't know but i don't know why yeah. you know i you know <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a shame because at that point it seemed it seemed to be very sincere, and then I guess what we're saying is may not have been, which is a shame. What can I say? He he seems to be a, a gentleman that that's continuing to this day in his career, and that's number one, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> leave it at that. Now, David Cohen. Well, know. all I can say, Bill, is that if you don't mind me calling Bill, you are the leader of that group. I think he's way off base there. I think that you, if it wasn't for you and your work on Star Trek, Star Trek wouldn't have been renewed season after season. Right. People and tuned I, in because of Captain Kirk. Right. And, and I, to get back to the Tribbles. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before you the Tribbles. Wait, wait, to get back to the Tribbles. Yeah. I think that it showed the diversity of the acting ability of Mr. Shatner because he, he there was just such a joyous moment when he was dealing with those triples. And if that scene alone didn't no, show No, there's you, no apology necessary. You you know what you want. Uh, oh. Right. And you know that you want someone in that situation to show the the vast array of acting talent they have. And no other person on that in that cast could have dealt with those triples the way you did, Well, Bill, David Cohen, we're running out of time here. We'll be back right after this. Uh, that, William Shatner, thank you so much for being yeah. on Everything Old is New Again. It's really tremendous uh, performance uh, by you, us. We just had a great time. I'm looking forward to having you come back. Everything Old is New Again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Uh, anytime you're ready, we'll get rolling here. And in between, if there's I, anything... I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm making a cup of coffee as we speak. Beautiful. And uh, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I uh, got up early, but I've been doing work, and, and I, this is, I just came down. This is my first cup of joe for the day. Oh, good. Oh. So you get you all riled up for us here. That's good. <laughs> well, I drink decaf, so I don't ah. get that riled. <laughs> uh, well, a scintillating conversation will get you rolling. That's all. Okay. All right, here we go. You'll hear our beginning, and then we'll start right in. How's that? All right. Here we go. Well, 
let's pull, let's pull out of that for a moment here. This is Everything Old is New Again. We're back with uh, Karen Allen this week. That was a little behind the scenes. Sorry, we got started there a little bit before I started taping. We really, it was not really right to put uh, the mic to her. But uh, it was an interest, uh, interesting uh, take there, Karen Allen. I, I'm glad you have your coffee, and we're all ready to go here. David Cohen, how do you feel about having Karen Allen from Raiders of the Lost Ark on Everything right. Old is New Again? Just so excited. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for being with us here today. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and I just want to bring this back to Peter Weller for a moment, a good friend of the show, and I know that you may or may not have run into him in the past. Uh, let's just... Uh, just as an aside, we have a f- friend of the show, is Peter Weller, who was a member of the Actors Studio from RoboCop. I'm just wondering if you ever crossed paths here about uh, your contemporaries, but... Well, we are contemporaries, and, and Peter and I appeared in a film together called Shoot the Moon with Albert Finney and Diane Keaton. Uh, which is when I first met him. But I actually, I had met him in New York City before that because it's a fairly small, you know, back in the 70s when I first came to New York to work as an actor, uh, it's a fairly small group of of people of of my age. um, And a lot of of us kind of just would cross paths in New York all the time. And I, I think I met Peter Weller in passing you know, in probably the a few years earlier, and then then we later did shoot the moon together, which I think was in the I want to say around 1980, something like that. Shoot the moon, David Cohen. Do you remember that uh, project? Not a, uh, doesn't come to mind. I'm gonna have to put that one on uh, on the VCR, so to speak. Yeah, same with me. I haven't seen it yet, but it sounds good. I- I'm interested. And now let's turn like a little more towards. Karen Allen, I'm just so excited to have you on the show, and I just want to talk about a little bit here. Well, I know you know Peter Weller, but now Peter Weller was interviewed by us, and David Cohen had uh, something to say to him about uh, about your premiere on the on the big screen, Animal House. Itself. Comedy movies. What's the funniest movie you ever saw? Mad, 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 mad world. Priceless. Uh, Animal House. Animal House. Animal House. Yeah. I tell you the best movie as a comedy. It it make it makes doesn't make me laugh, but it's just a brilliant movie. Some like it hot. David Cohen, a little response there about the. Come your... on now, now, listen to what he said though. He, he he's I guarantee you he has never seen Animal House number one because he said Animal House, Animal House, but he never seen it. Wait, the one he what he said, what, what he... and then when he came up with Animal Some House. Like It Hot, really best comedy, yeah. I don't like, <laughs> like it hot. That's yeah. that's what he comes up with. I mean, all respect to Peter. I mean, I love him as a brother, but come on. I have to say this to you, and honestly, I, my only reaction to you to that comment is, is House. Animal House. Animal House. Yeah. I tell you the best. Let me just change the subject because the reason why I play that again. It may be we've had him on the show twelve times. For 12 hours, that may be the only time in 12 hours that he was quiet for, you know, three or four seconds at a time. How? Because he <laughs> never saw it. I'm telling you. Come on. Listen. And Karen, hang in there with us for a minute. You know, you can't tell me that there is anyone out there who, A, has, has not seen Animal House, and B, doesn't think. It's a great comedy. It should be up there with the great comedic films of all time. Am, am I am I missing something? Tell me. Um, 
I agree with you, but it's not as cerebral, if you will, as Some Like It Hot, and that might be where he went my, went down some that like road. It hot was cere- How is Some Like It Hot cerebral? Well, I guess it wasn't, because you had men dressing as women, yeah, so, you know, that exactly. was kind of funny at the time. and Right. Yeah, so I'm trying to compare. Well, can we agree that what, Mad, what Mad, Mad, say? Mad World was the, was the best of all of them? Can we agree that that was that? You know, that's brilliant. Brilliant? Well, is that brilliant. what he said? What was the reaction? Hang on, let me just see about it. Karen, give me a second here. Mad, Mad, Mad World. Priceless. Uh, Animal House. Priceless. He said priceless. priceless. Yeah. This is priceless. Karen, has he ever said mean? this to you? Here, wait. Okay. Priceless. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's nice to hear from Peter Well. Did he? I wonder what, you know, you're on the set with him for quite a while, Karen. I mean, matter of fact, forget, you know what? Let's get off of Peter Weller just for a moment. You know why? I want to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark and that scene. Like, oh. yeah. when you were what in. a great scene. Yeah. When you, when you were drinking that, that alcohol. And you were out manning, so to speak, that big behemoth. Yeah, and right? I want to know if that was real. I will get back to that in a minute, but I yeah. want to know if that was actually real alcohol you would drink, too. But get, go ahead. Well, that actually was going to be one of my questions. Do you drink the alcohol? I know you're drinking coffee now, but you put a little frangelic in that coffee, maybe? A little, that's a nice touch, by the way. Have you tried that, David Cohen? I would say it's like method acting, you know, right? I mean, you have to, you ha- you're drinking the drink, the alcohol, I think, to get you into, right. you know, the scene, like a memory, sense memory sort well, of Well, let's put it this way. You can't act drunk if you haven't been yeah. drunk before. So now That's we have true. a little something on Karen Allen. We know that she likes to party a little bit, I'm going to say. <laughs> well, back in the day, you know, for research purposes, right? Because she also got, she got drunk twice in that movie. I shouldn't say she got drunk in the beginning, but she drank a lot of alcohol in the beginning. And she then when to be drinking, right? And then when she was on in that scene with the French archaeologist, and she was wearing that white dress, oh, and she yeah. had the, with the knife and all, she was going to try to get out of all of that and using her drinking as you know she can hold her liquor, so to speak. But that special liquor that the Frenchie had, right? That really was something that put her under. So she got drunk literally twice and right, right there and couldn't escape and so was was drunk there so sort of two times out of two times in two hours she was drunk i wonder like during animal house was there if there was drinking on the set there because they had so much fun in that movie that you, you had to think that somebody was somebody was drinking right whether it was the writers or the actors well you remember when they threw uh blutarski that what what was it? I guess it was, it was whiskey. I know, but it was uh, it wasn't Johnny Walker. But it was it was a whiskey. Jack Daniels. They threw him the bottle yeah. of Jack Daniels, and he drank it like a lunatic. You know, right. like right down. <laughs> I wonder was that uh, John Belushi's like lunch break, and they just took it. You know, like was that real? Yeah, acting I don't know, Karen. I don't it? know if you know whether if that was completely uh, Jack Daniels that he was drinking. But we'll get back to that in a minute. But the other thing about uh, Animal House that was great was remember when I mean now this actually happened because you saw it when he took. Um, that folk guitar and he smashed it on the stairs. That was completely unexpected. I and, wonder. You think it was an ad lib, Karen? Was that uh, was that what you're going towards, David? I mean, I think that was that an ad lib. I, that was, and that's a great question. I I assume it was. I assume it was just because Stephen Bishop, who was the the, uh, the, the guitar player, um, just the expression on his face was. It seemed like he didn't expect that to happen. To have his guitar taken out of his hand. And smash and yeah, Karen. I don't know if you know anything about that, but but wait a minute. Can I, I interrupt for a minute? Because I I've yeah, learned so, yeah. since learned that Stephen Bishop, who was a performer back in the day, of course he has a couple albums and all that. He dated Karen Allen, so I wonder oh, that they if they, did they that. meet? Yeah, did they meet during this? Uh, you know, this movie? Did they meet after? Before? What, what was? Uh, must have been an interesting dynamic there. 
Yeah, and I think Karen. I wonder how did how did Stephen Bishop feel about that that famous scene that we also talked with, or maybe we just imagine we talked to Peter Weller about it. But that scene in Animal House, <laughs> you know, where where Kiefer uh, Kiefer, listen to me, right? Yeah, uh, his his dad, right? right? His dad, the bigger uh, well from twenty four. Which, by the way, we that's a guy we should try to get on this show. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland right? would be a great but, guest. You know, you know what he have does. You, have you tried? Have you reached out? To I've him? tried, and I'll tell you, my trail went cold. I, do you know the Paramount in Huntington? Uh, they have a, yeah. a number of rooms down there. Like there's a big stage up top, and you go underneath these private rooms. You're a private person, and I was there a little ways back. My brother's a member of that uh, facility, and they had just said that they had they took us into the the room that was Young Frankenstein room. And they've got oh. paraphernalia from Young Frankenstein and all this. And it's a nice room. You can have dinner there, too, if you want, before the show. It's pretty How cool. How great a bar. was Young Frank? Is that, we'll, come, we'll come back to that in a minute. But yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, before, I, want to, I want to put a pin in that put one. A, because they had said to me literally the night before, Keith Sutherland and his band were oh. in that room getting ready to perform. They kind of relaxed, and then they would perform the next de- next couple hours, whatever, later in the Paramount. So I didn't even... So the bottom line is what I'm trying to say is Kiefer Sutherland is touring America in a band, try- and we're trying to get him on the show, and maybe that would be the tact so that if he plays again a local facility, maybe he'll come on the show to promote that. Though, here's the funny thing. We broadcast out of New York City and Long Island. We're not, in, we're not on in those those areas. Karen, I know you're up in Massachusetts. Yeah. We're in Lowell, Massachusetts. I know that's uh, that's sort of where you are. You're in Bing- Great Barrington, uh, in that general area, the Berkshires. But right, David, I mean, we're not we're not no, in. We're not up there yet. No, we're not up there yet. But I mean, come on, Young Frankenstein. That was I. Well, I know, Karen, you weren't. Right, listen, young Karen, we're running out of time. Thank you, Karen, so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I will get this up and running Thank as quickly you as possible. So much. That was so kind of you. That's just she, lovely. My great. pleasure. Anything we can do, every great, little bit, Karen. you know. Yeah, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. You too. And uh, we'll be speaking with James Norton. I'll tell him you said hello. I guess you'll see him this summer or something. Oh, are you? Oh, good. Please do. I adore him. It's nice to be adored by Karen uh, Allen, isn't it? We'll be back next week. And everything old is new again. David Cohen, thank you for joining us. Well, this is Karen Allen from Raiders of the Lost Ark and Zarman, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful store and website, KarenAllenFiberArts.com. It's KarenAllen-FiberArts.com. I carry all kinds of really unique gifts and women's clothing, lines from all over the world, from small studios that are things you won't see anywhere else. And if you're looking for a gift or something for yourself, please get in touch with us. We would love to help you find that special thing. That's KarenAllen-FiberArts.com. You've been listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's pop culture entertainment talk show. Find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's .biz. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.